When your agency spends more than 90% of all of its available dollars on grants and acquisitions, you better be good at it. At NASA, well, they try hard. Now the Office of Inspector General has taken a look at a NASA project to train and upgrade its acquisition staff. And for what it found, we turn to Project Manager Deanna Lee. Ms. Lee, good to have you on. Thank you, Tom. Happy to be here. NASA has a program to, it's called MAP. Tell us about MAP, what it stands for, and what you were looking at. Well, the Office of Procurement Mission Support Future Architecture Program, known as MAP, is designed to help the Office of Procurement streamline its acquisition functions. Historically, all NASA procurement actions and award decisions were made at individual procurement offices located at 11 different NASA centers across the United States instead of making enterprise-wide decisions on procurements. And this old approach resulted in redundant contracts for similar purposes, as well as increased administrative actions, number of personnel, and cost. And so we wanted to look at NASA's new MAP program to see how it might change those pitfalls that it had in the past from concentrating its procurement actions at the centers. Their new approach called the MAP is designed to allow the agency to share capabilities among the centers, especially through the creation of something that they call product service lines. Well, the implication is that there are certain things common to all NASA locations that it's probably beneficial to buy centrally and just leave the unique things to each center to those centers. Is that the general idea? Exactly. One example would be custodial services, where those types of services are required at every NASA center, and they could be consolidated under a single agency-wide contract or even a regional contract if needed, instead of having individual custodial contracts that support each center. And this is important because reducing these redundant contracts that are designed for similar purposes frees up acquisition personnel to focus on their critical mission needs, such as returning to the moon by 2024. I guess they had to do some groundwork to get buy-in from the centers to go ahead with these kinds of things. Yes, that's the case. Um, So some challenges that they're facing right now include the buy-in from the centers. Um, For example, staff raised some concerns about the culture shift from supporting center-focused procurement actions to uh, moving towards an enterprise-focused approach. And um, this is this is a major culture change at NASA, so it's going to require some buy-in for sure. And is there general agreement on what services and products might be common across all of the NASA centers? Custodial, I imagine, some exterior maintenance, that kind of thing. Does it get higher level than yes, that? Yes. So there's kind of two different categories of the product service lines. There's the institutional type of contracts that include like architectural and engineering services, environmental compliance, uh, facility support services, and then there's program and project specific product service lines, things like aircraft operations and propellants that are also shared amongst different centers and, and programs, also safety and mission assurance. So NASA did a good job of identifying the different types of products and services that are shared amongst centers and amongst programs, and um, there's agreement on 
where it can streamline those operations using the MAP program. And just to back up a step, this whole initiative started at headquarters, fair to say? Yes, that's true. The MAP initiative is actually one that encompasses all of NASA's mission support functions. So Office of Procurement is just one piece of that. So mission support functions cover agency-wide actions, and Office of Procurement has implemented its own MAP um, initiated at the headquarters level so that it can address procurement needs at an enterprise level instead of being divided out by the center. We're speaking with Deanna Lee. She's project manager in the Office of the Inspector General at NASA. And so this centralizing program has a commodity effect, but it also has a people effect I imagine if I'm the Johnson Space Center propellant buyer and suddenly my function is moving to some distant headquarters buyer, then what's to become of me? I imagine that question comes up. Well, I think the Office of Procurement has done a very good job of training and informing its staff about how these product service lines are going to work. And instead of the product service lines, the expert buying office, Um, they call it being focused at headquarters, they're actually divided amongst the 11 NASA procurement offices. So maybe Johnson headquarters could be the center that handles all of the custodial services that we talked about before. So we're not really taking work away from the centers. They're identifying centers that they think would be best suited to be the expert buying office. And so while the centers may have a different focus because before they provided all the needs for the center, now they're going to be focused on their individually assigned product service lines. So we're not taking work away from the centers. NASA is just focusing its efforts on um, having experts at the individual centers to support the needs. And what about the training and development aspect of the acquisition workforce? That's a part of this whole program too, isn't it? Well, a little bit separate. We we looked at training. The, the, the MAP program is designed um, based around operations, how NASA is going to operate. But we did evaluate uh, NASA's training and certification program. We found that 95% of NASA's identified acquisition workforce is trained and certified according to federal and agency standards. But we did find that there is a significant breakdown in internal controls that resulted in the remaining 5% not meeting their certification requirements. All right. And taking all of this in, you made several recommendations. Briefly review those for us. Sure. We made four recommendations to the agency. The first two are in order to help ensure the success of the the Mission Support Future Architecture Program, the MAP program, we recommended that the agency finalize and implement its performance metrics dashboard and also document contract assignments in a centralized system. And the third and fourth recommendations are to ensure that the workforce is properly trained and certified. And so we recommended that the agency utilize the Federal Acquisition Institute training application system, known as FATOS, to document certifications and training, and also to ensure that contracting professionals who have not met their training requirements are removed from their acquisition duties in a timely manner. 
got it. How did the agency react to the recommendations? Well, the agency fully agreed with three out of four of our recommendations and partially concurred with our second recommendation to document contract assignments in a centralized system. They cited um, a lack of an existing data source, which would allow them to document the program and project managers that are assigned to each individual contract. But we believe that the ability to link contract assignments to personnel is important enough that they should create a database to support this important oversight need. In this day and age, that doesn't sound like too heavy a lift for the IT people. I think that the real struggle is um, based on you know what we talked about with MAP in that NASA Office of Procurement has really been separated out into its center-specific functions. And so while the centers are aware of what contracting personnel work on each contract, there's not a centralized database to have an enterprise-wide visibility in to those assignments. And so that's where the struggle comes in is to implement the map, implement this transition from a center-focused procurement function into an enterprise-wide function. And part of that includes the data that needs to be centralized. And just a final question in general, given the map planning and process for acquisition, are they 25% of the way through, 75% of the way through? Where do you think they stand on the whole, whole architecture? The Office of Procurement began implementing the Mission Support Future Architecture Program in October 2019, but it expects that it's going to take five years for open contracts to transition into contracts under their product service line managed by the expert buying office. So they've made some progress in developing and uh, structuring the program, but there's still going to be quite a bit of time before it's fully implemented and operational. Well, as they used to say, if you can put a man on the moon, Deanna Lee is a project manager in the office of the Inspector General at NASA. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview along with a link to her report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Launch the Federal Drive anytime. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your podcasts. Pop quiz. What can you buy for three ninety nine? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash bestmusic for details. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.